Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, I'm bringing you a little episode, a little bonus episode with your favorite guest, Lauren. We did an episode together in, I believe, season two, and I thought I'd bring her back for a little bonus episode before we dive into season four in a few weeks. In this episode, we chat about our experience with therapy and, you know, the pros and cons, what we expected, what we didn't expect during both of our experiences. And I guess I just want to give an overall theme for this episode. We do chat pros and cons, but overall, we both are very pro-therapy. We believe that it has been so helpful in both of our journeys, but also in people around us as well. If you can access it or are thinking of accessing it, definitely go ahead and do so. It is so beneficial for you and you know, it's all about just your journey and helping you throughout your mental health. I really hope that you enjoy this episode, actually. It is one that I hope brings you a few laughs and a little bit of lightheartedness before we head into season four, which will just be awesome. Um, that'll come to you in a few weeks. But thanks so much for joining us for this episode. I really hope you enjoy it. It is time to bring it back to vulnerability, back to connection. Here on the How's Your Heart podcast, we chat weekly about the practical ways to deepen the relationship with ourselves and how to cultivate that with the people around us too. My name is Jess. I am the host here on the How's Your Heart podcast. And alongside some amazing guests together, we are here to create psychologically safe spaces and to put into practice asking more than just how are you. Instead, we're asking, how's your heart? This episode is brought to you by Milkman Grooming. A big part of my mental health journey was learning how to prioritize self-care again. Taking care of my skin and hair has become my daily practice of self-love. And I'm so excited to share with you a Sunshine Coast-based company that gives you everything you need to prioritize self-care so you can show up as the best version of you too. Milkman supplies quality beard, hair, and fragrance products with addictive aromas for all of the men in your life. Whether you are shopping for yourself or for a special someone, take the hassle out of self-care by gifting luxurious scents and hair treatments that they will love. For all of my listeners, I have a special code to save you 20% off your orders using the code HEART. This is available until the 14th of May, so stock up on any birthday and anniversary gifts that not only makes them smell amazing, but also inspires them to prioritize their mental health too. Hi, Lauren. Hello. What's going on? How's your heart? My heart is good, gal. How's your heart? My heart is feeling a little bit sick. I think I'm a little bit burnt out, but it's feeling all right. I've had a really peaceful day today. Beautiful. That's good. Yeah, I'm a bit sick too, hey? Something's in the air. I think it's a change in season because it's actually coming down into winter now over in Australia, so... We're just getting used to this new winter hibernation kind of season, aren't we? Oh, God, you got to love it, but you got to hate it too. I know. It's not really much of a vibe. I want to go to the beach and be in the sun. <laughs> and <laughs> Well, I brought you back on the podcast because everyone 
loved our first episode together. It was literally the most listened to episode. If you guys have not listened to it already, definitely go give it a look, go give it a listen. Um, But I thought for this little bonus episode between season three and season four, I'd bring Lauren back. And today we're just going to have a little bit of a ramble, a little bit of a chat all about therapy, our experience with therapy, um, different kinds of therapy, and um, yeah, just take it away with that. I think this will be a really good chat for anyone who is maybe scared to start going to therapy or doesn't really know what to expect. Um, or if someone's like in between therapists, maybe they're thinking they don't have any hope, that they'll never find the help that they need um, and just give you a little bit of motivation and reassurance that there is really good help out there. Of course, we are not therapists in ourselves. We are just people who have been going to therapy. Um, Lauren is studying psychology, so she does have a little bit of knowledge behind her, but for this kind of conversation, we're just coming from experience. So um very excited here if you guys are looking for professional help make sure you look out for it you search for it you call people you know reach out for professionals and then just listen to us for a bit of shits and gigs (laughs) (laughs) pretty much (laughs) absolutely okay lauren kick us off with your therapy timeline so it's been quite the journey so far. So I started therapy back in I will end of 2019, maybe. So I did it through COVID as well. Um, I got a really nice clinic in Bettinia and I saw the same psychologist for about two years. So like um, that was a pretty good length of time. We got to know each other really well and made some really good progress Within the last uh, six months, she went on maternity leave and one part of me was like, congratulations, but the other part was like, no. <laughs> like, <don't- laughs> I need you, don't leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. So, and I was really like, um, I actually stopped therapy after she uh, went on her maternity leave just because the thought of having to go through that whole relationship building again is so tiring. It's almost like going on first dates really after being in a long-term relationship. It's like a good analogy. <laughs> you've got to just go back to the absolute, like, this is what I do for work. And like, you've got to re-describe your friends and your family and whatever it is. And so I was really like, oh, I just really didn't want to do it. And so I took a bit of a break and then I finally decided my old psychologist actually recommended this psychologist that I'm seeing now and she sort of did like a hand like a handover almost of my like assessments and whatnot and so she had quite a lot of knowledge from my old psych but obviously she had to still get to know me so I've been seeing this woman for about six months now and it's going really really good she's just got a different take on things but yeah so I've had quite a decent therapy experience that I've had a few breaks here and there where life just gets busy or it could be a bit more expensive sometimes but yeah for about three years has summed up my whole journey. It's such a difference like changing between therapists and like we'll get into this further into the episode but even changing therapy types across yeah. that as well can be quite I don't know it's just it's just a journey in itself isn't it? It is it is it's yeah, it's truly one you have to, it requires a lot of patience 
and a lot of trust as well. Yeah, I definitely think switching between therapists or even finding a therapist initially that you connect with really is, it needs to become like a priority in your life if you're like that determined to find that person. And like you said, it's kind of like going on dates so you have to switch between different people and you're going to run into a few therapists that you just don't click with. And that's really hard because, you know, just like in a date where maybe you're paying for dinner or maybe you're, I don't know, paying for the experience of like it's a fucking expensive date too. (laughs) It is hard. Yeah, it is really hard to do it all the time. in your soul when it like doesn't work what you want. It's like, no, but like you were supposed to be the one. (laughs) All in the bank. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Mine is a little bit different, my journey. I went to therapy when I was in grade five for my parents' divorce. My parents were like, go to therapy and, like, deal with your shit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, like, as someone who was in grade five, I didn't really know how to articulate my emotions. So I just kind of sat there and cried. Um, (laughs) I had a bit of a... Doesn't sound too different from now. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So it turns out nothing's changed. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but then I went and saw a therapist in my eating disorder recovery, did not click with her, did not like her. <laughs> that was the worst. Um, I saw someone as well as my eating disorder specific therapist alongside that, also didn't click with her, made the experience seem really awful. I got turned off therapy. I was like, it doesn't work. It's not for me. It's just a whole lot of ramble and, you know, it's just not for me. Um, it's a waste yeah. of my time. And then I got to a really low point a few years ago and it was just when I moved up to this new place and I was like, I am either going to absolutely spiral or I'm going to reach out for help. And I found my new therapist who I love and adore. And if she's listening to this podcast episode, I love you. Absolute hearts towards you. You are the best therapist I've ever had. <laughs> um, I found her on a Facebook Marketplace ad. So <laughs> do not diss Facebook Marketplace. It has so many helpful things. <laughs> what are you looking for to? Oh, yeah, a therapist. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just looking for them with this today. I'm going to see you going into Facebook Marketplace and, like, looking up therapy. Not, like, (laughs) ouch. No, the way that I was looking up, um, like, just clothes because I was, like, retail therapy, it's the same because that's when I was, like, like, off therapy. I was, like, no, it's not working. I'll just, like, reassemble my look and I'll you know have a new personality so the mental illnesses don't filter through no 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 I the universe knew I just needed a new (laughs) (laughs) well same same not the clothes that were the issue it was the lack of emotional regulation and (laughs) therapy that was the issue (laughs) crazy well I just want to dive into I guess what the pros and the cons, the good and the bad that come with therapy and our experiences as well. 
because as much as I can harp on, you can harp on, the whole mental health industry can harp on about how great therapy is. We also know that it is A, inaccessible for a fair few people and also B, very, very daunting. And so let's just run through our experience with it, the highs, the lows, um, because like anything, it's nuanced. It has pros and cons. Go, Lauren, hit us. (laughs) Um, I would say that... I actually, what sort of triggered this conversation between me and the, I guess, the desire to film this episode was something I saw, uh, I think Jordan Peterson said, because he's a psychologist, which was um, therapy supposed to affirm you. So, and obviously what that means is like, they're not here to make you feel better about the way you're feeling, you know, which you oftentimes see your friends do, which is so great. Um, but they're not there to be to pat you on the back and try to give you temporary relief. Um, but their real job is to help you understand the way you're feeling and try to see things in a different light and just add a bit of context. So that's definitely been one lesson I've learned with this new psychologist that I have because she has pushed me so hard. Like um, the amount of challenging challenging conversations that she's made me have, uh, which I would have been too scared to have before. And yeah, just things like that. Like uh, therapy isn't comfortable. No. That is... And I think it can be very romanticised and very um, put into the spotlight a little bit. But, yeah, therapy isn't easy in any means. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. I tend to have my sessions full right before work just because that's when they fit in for me. But I tell you what, every single week that that Tuesday comes around and I have my session right before work, like that work just feels like, the hardest thing ever because I've either had a really deep session with my therapist and I just feel like I've dug up so much and I feel so raw and vulnerable or I just feel like I don't even know how to go about life knowing something that I've just realized and it's like it feels like every time you go you're discovering a different part of yourself or at least if you're with a really good therapist who is challenging you who is you know helping you grow and helping you discover yourself a bit more it's um a real kind of turn of the page after most sessions um and that can be quite confronting I think that is something that I didn't really I wasn't really open to when I first started going to therapy I just thought that kind of all of the things I'd just spill out and then it'd be all healed. I just needed to purge all my issues and then it'd be fine. But like you said, they're not supposed to just like take your issues and let you leave free. They take your issues and mirror back what's actually happening. Yes. And that doesn't mean, depends how regularly I suppose you're seeing a psych, whether that's weekly, fortnightly or monthly. Um, It doesn't, always need to be hard like because life happens and sometimes the day you have a psych appointment scheduled like for context the last psych appointment that I had a couple weeks back I had the busiest uni day this appointment was at 8 a.m and I had so much on my mind already and I walked in and just said to her like I just don't want to cry today like I just 
I don't want to delve too deep. And she was really good at pivoting our session. And we sort of just talked about something a bit different, something that wasn't so like um, provoking, I suppose. Yes. So heavy. Yeah. I think that's really good to be when you're at that stage in therapy, when you can be a little bit more self-aware and you're more in tune with yourself coming to therapy with an intention like and a little bit of self-compassion knowing that okay I want to work on this but I know that that's going to be really heavy for this week or this day I'm going to like pivot it and just say to my therapist like actually communicate that um I really just want to talk about this small issue today or just talk about like the smaller stresses in life rather than those big deep issues um because that's all you can handle quite often like we said it can be quite confronting sometimes and that's not necessarily to scare someone off it's just part of it it's you know these these can be quite heavy things definitely yeah definitely yeah I think also it's important to talk about some of the awesome breakthroughs that come through with therapy absolutely absolutely Um, because and also like the progression of it. Once you've had that relationship kind of built with your therapist, um, it's nice to know that you're going to come back next week. They're going to remember the little bits from the story you told them last week and then, you know, help shift that weight into a different way or pivot your perspective to help you grow. Yeah, and I think there's so much value as well in having just a a person who is completely unbiased and doesn't know you outside of that room that you're in, you know, that you can just pour absolutely everything into them and they're not judging you. I think that's a really important trait that all psychs just naturally possess after going through their clinicals and whatnot, just the ability to remain unbiased. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because, yeah, I've never had one experience with a psych where I felt criticised or judged or anything like that. And I think oftentimes we obviously turn to friends and family for support um, and they'll always want what's best for you, but sometimes it's a very biased looking through a different lens approach. Yeah, absolutely. I think that unbiased perspective is so important and that can even come from a mentor, not like if therapy is inaccessible, finding a mentor that is unbiased and outside this perspective is also really good because what our family tends to do, what our friends tend to do is they just want the best for us, which is awesome. But it can also keep us quite safe. It can also keep us quite small. It can also try and keep the environment pretty safe so for example if you are talking to a family member about another family member who may have hurt you or may have you know disrespected you in some way and you've taken it to you know your closest family member potentially they just want to see the family be all happy and all engaged and you know there's no tension there's no separation between anyone so they'll just 
maybe ask you to keep it quiet or, you know, say that they didn't mean it in that way. Whereas a therapist can see it from an outsider's perspective and actually focus on you as the individual and how they can help you feel good or you, you know, process that emotion and to not feel good. That's the, that's the wrong wording to like support yourself and to regulate yourself and to heal. Yeah. I think it's also really important what about a therapist finding the right one and finding someone you're comfortable with. And I've been through a few different therapies where there's different um, focuses, whether that is like a spiritual focus or religious focus or a very CBT. And I know you've done DBT as, is it DBT? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, DBT, yeah, as well. So like those kind of different pathways. At the moment, I'm seeing someone who is a little bit more spiritual focused and that really aligns with me. And I think asking the therapist, whether it's in your first session or, you know, a few sessions in a phone call, um, what their focus is or what really aligns with them. And there's different kind of worlds, I guess. What is your experience with that, Lauren? So my uh, current psych, so she was uh, pretty adamant on taking the CBT slash DP approach. And for people listening who don't really know what that is, so CBT is a cognitive behavioral therapy, DBT is a dialectical behavioral therapy, and the combination of the both of those is sort of just in regards to rewiring the brain, um, sort of changing the way that you think and, yeah, just changing your reactions and responses to the external world. Um, and that was majority for, like, anxiety and depression. Um, I actually uh, I found that there's lots of worksheets and kind of a lot of homework involved, which was new to me because I never actually followed a plan or anything like that. Um I found that that structure didn't work for me just because essentially with any kind of CBT or DBT program, you kind of pick a topic. So whether that's like family, self-esteem, like relation, whatever it is, you kind of have to pick the one thing. And like, as we know, as humans, we're multifaceted. We have multiple problems and dynamics happening at the one time. So I found that quite limiting in the way I picked one thing and we were going to work on that for about like eight weeks straight. So just talk about the same thing every session. And yeah, I just found um, some weeks I just, everything felt fine and everything felt all good. Like they felt like there was no issues in regards to that particular area, but then like other weeks there would be. So I just, I really do like the flexibility of being able to come to psych exactly as you are, have no predetermined course of the session. And yeah, so I I personally found that that didn't work for me, but I know for some people that it's been very, very successful for them. Absolutely. I've taken both paths, actually. At the moment, I'm more on I guess that free reign side of therapy where you can just come as you are which is really awesome um sometimes it feels like the work isn't being done like I'm just chatting and I'm just releasing and we're just talking about things but there is also freedom and beauty in that as well um obviously that comes with time but during specifically my eating disorder recovery I was doing CBT and that was an eight-week program, I believe, 
or as long as it took you to get to a particular status. Um, And I found that that was really necessary, obviously, in my condition that I was in. And I really needed those specific challenges. Like there was one week where we had to come into the office and that was breakfast. So they had to bring everything and we had to eat all together and have breakfast. And that was really hard. I'm not going to lie. That was really challenging knowing that, you know, it was kind of a performance rating. You had to perform in a particular way for it to be successful. Um, it was also, it put the pressure on, that's for sure. I felt like there was a lot of pressure to succeed as someone who is a very perfectionistic, who got pretty much straight A's for most of school, like I just felt like I needed to pass. And that was definitely some motivation there. It kept you on track. It kept you to a schedule. Um, It meant that you couldn't really miss sessions as well, which is, I think, something that is also important to mention. Um, At least when I was going for my mental health plan over in Australia, I want to say Queensland because I'm not sure if it differs state to state. Um, Queensland, yeah. We... um, I got my mental health care plan and the referral from my therapist to get it renewed or to get more sessions added was like the key words that she said was that I was consistent and that I was like dedicated to the therapy. I showed up consistently on time and, you know, was engaged. And I think that's really important. Um, Therapy is a privilege. It is a privilege to go to and it's confronting and hard but it's also important to show up on time and to show up consistently when you book it in. Yeah, I think it it goes a lot without saying, but therapy is a choice. And I think you hear a lot of success stories from people who choose to commit to therapy and, like you said, show up every week or every fortnight, whatever it is. Um, and even how you were saying before, um, when your prior therapist, when you were a bit younger going through that ED, when it's inflicted on you, when, you know, someone's pushing a psych in your face, I can see how that might be a bit intimidating or less successful yeah, absolutely. In that regard, because the thing about therapy is you have to be so vulnerable. You have to just, there's no point going to a therapist or, well, there is a point, but is, for yeah. a successful therapy, you eventually will have to let down your guard. You have to let them in. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to be sitting in a room with someone not getting into the nitty gritty. And I think Choosing to go to therapy is so hard because you're choosing to be vulnerable and you're pretty, by, by going to therapy, someone told me this actually, um, by going to therapy, you're admitting to yourself that you're not perfect. Yeah. And I think that is such a beautiful way to look at it because like you can stand there and be like, well, obviously nobody's perfect. Like perfectionism is just like such a foreign, like no one can define what that means. Yeah. By admitting that you have flaws and you're, you're at least you're actually seeking help, you know, you're taking steps forward. It's like the practice of admitting. Like you can yeah. probably admit like, yeah, no one's perfect, but it's like action, like actually in your life what action are you taking to demonstrate that that is such a perfect thing I think it is also such a perfect thing (laughs) talking about imperfections is such a beautiful message to admit to yourself that yeah I have flaws 
and also on the flip side that I'm willing to work on them, that I'm willing to do the scary stuff in order to heal, in order to work through this, in order to make life a little less heavy. Yes, and I think both on my part and your part, we do have those perfectionistic uh, tendencies that come along with having had an eating disorder. Yeah. Um, that seem to just uh, transpond into different areas of your life. So I think that by going to therapy and sitting there and being like, I'm not perfect, but that's okay, not holding yourself to such unrealistic standards, you know? So, yeah. It's true. Also standards and like what you consider a good session in therapy. We've yes. talked about oh, this no. <laughs> um, Because sometimes you'll go out of a psych session and you'll be like, that was a waste of my time. I wish I never came here. I feel awful now for the rest of the day. Therapy is a waste of time. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of resources. And I'm not enjoying this at all. And there are also other times where you walk out of therapy and there's like two parts here in this other example too. A, you're leaving feeling on top of the world because like you feel like you've just released something. You're feeling weightless. You're feeling like I have a new perspective on life. I'm feeling okay. And then you can walk out also feeling really great, really relieved, but sobbing because (laughs) just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just found this out or I just like realized this. I've just uncovered this and what this means for my life. That was so powerful. I'm glad for that shift. I'm grateful for that shift. Like life as you know it has changed. I've definitely had those sessions where you walk out and it just feels like you've given your psych your entire life story and they've just gone, they've drawn like dots. They've gone, that happened in the past. This is why you're feeling like that and that's manifesting into this. Like it just feels like they've connected all these dots and that's a huge uh, weight off your shoulders, I think. The... I think a lot of the times the heavy feelings that we sort of have, or for me anyway, comes from a lack of, uh, I'm trying to find the word, um, maybe a lack of understanding, Yeah. not not really knowing why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling or ha- reacting the way that I react. And I think a lot of relief comes because we're humans, we like... Um, we like having a reason and then a cause, you know, like a cause and effect, sorry. Yeah, and yeah. so if something is happening to us, naturally we, we want to know why. And I feel like the yeah. main conclusion that at least I've come to, maybe you feel the same, maybe the listener feels the same. Whenever I didn't have an answer for something that I was feeling, I would come to the conclusion that, oh, I'm broken, that's why. I'm a bad human, that's why. Yeah. Um. I'm clearly not fit for this world. That's why. And I feel like a good therapist, I'm going to emphasize on good, will connect the dots and allow you to see that it's not because you're failing as a human. It's not because you're broken. Even if you have a mental illness and that is being like clinically determined, diagnosed, you're not broken. It's just like the cause and effect that gives you like a little bit more peace of mind that it's just something you're experiencing, not actually like 
deep, <laughs> deep knowing that you are broken as a human. That's not, that's not true. That's just intrusive thoughts. That's not true. In psych, one of my favorite concepts to explain that is um, every human has two minds. So you've got an emotion mind and a logic mind. And my favorite quote ever, which I try to tell myself all the time, is when emotion is high, logic is low. And I'm by no means demonizing emotion at all. But when you're experiencing like a really high level of emotion that it's overwhelming, your brain is trying as quickly as it can to justify the way that you're feeling. It's trying to connect those dots. So when you are maybe having a bad day, your first thought is because I'm a bad person, because I'm productive, because I'm this. Yeah. Yeah, learning how to like be somewhere in between, not being Uh, too logical, too emotional, just like final thoughts. Yeah. And I feel like therapy is the floaties on either arm. They yeah. like help you find the balance rather than having a floating on one arm being too emotional or a floating on the other arm being too logical. They help you like balance it out and give you the tools. Also tools. We need to talk about that. Like the tools that they give you. Um, I feel like it goes beyond the, you know, I guess trivial mental health tools that I talked about in that episode with Cam. So the journaling, the mental health, uh, sorry, the meditation the um, ice baths and movement and all of that beautiful, amazing, useful tools. I feel like therapy can sometimes give you an extra layer to that. I said, yes. I guess that's essentially what you pay for too. Yeah, What's I agree. <laughs> Your, um, the thing that's been like most influential. Um, that's a good question. I would say... I would say I've really learned to like walk away. Mm. So if I'm um, experiencing like, I call it like a heightened emotion. So if I'm just feeling most of the time, it's like feeling like overwhelmed or feeling anxious or like being upset, whatever it is, um, I'm feeling it quite a lot. I rather than um, reacting because oftentimes my I feel I have no control of my external environment when my emotions are so high and so therefore I'm just so reactive to whoever's standing right in front of me um and so I've learned the value of walking away because I know that I'm the only one who can figure out why I'm feeling like this and I need to take and like I said when my emotions are high my logic is low so I might say something I don't mean or yeah just react in a way that isn't true and so by walking away and taking like breaths and just like even if I don't like just learning how to self-soothe I think is a big one not leaning on other people to make you feel better in the moment but like walking away and yeah either meditating or journaling whatever it is but just being alone is like and self-soothing is my top egg you know what I would have picked that too because Lauren is really good at consistently bringing up how she is self-soothing and not in necessarily like a oh my gosh this is how I self-soothe today but in a I just woke up a little bit earlier and did a meditation today because I knew that my energy needed to be protected 
Wow. Round of applause for Lauren right here. <laughs> like, it's so good. Um, absolutely. I think what better way to use therapy than to find out how to care for yourself better? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think my favourite tool is, oh, gosh, I think it would be to trust in other people and to, like, find the people you trust. Um, She always brings up, and I have this, like, I guess idea of the Brene Brown analogy, you know, the jelly bean one. Well, it's like finding the people who you trust every time that they do something that, you know, supports you giving them their trust and, um, you know, seems like a good friend or a good relationship. You like drop a little jelly bean in their jar. And as someone who can tend to be a little bit wary of and a little bit scared to open myself up due to like previous things, I'm learning how to do it, but I'm really just prioritizing the people in my life who I trust and like protecting my peace through that as well. Because obviously if you're surrounded by people who you trust and who can trust you, that's a lot more of a solid foundation than being surrounded by a few people who you can trust, but also people who are a little bit, you know, fair weather friends and um, don't have your best interests at heart. I agree. That's a really good lesson. Yeah. I think especially for people who tend to have a guarded heart, who have been hurt so many times or maybe just don't feel safe to be themselves around other people, it's a really good way. Like therapy obviously helps as well to find those tools, but that especially is a really good tool to like just look at your life and see who you can trust. I think going on that as well, I think if you've been hurt in the past or someone really close to you has lost your trust, um, I think you can really put up your walls and just learning that most people aren't actually trying to hurt you. Yeah. And, yeah, just learning that because one person's done you wrong doesn't mean the next will. Yeah, and absolutely. Up, you're robbing that person of their experience in getting to know you yeah. and the beautiful relationship that you could have. And so I think that's a really important thing to think that's about as well. That's divine. I love that. That's such a beautiful thing because it is such an honour to get to know someone and to, you know, be able to create a beautiful connection with someone. Um, I keep hearing this quote keeps coming up. Don't paint someone a particular colour because of something that's happened in the past because there is so much connection and beauty to be found in that relationship possibly and you don't want to do a disservice to yourself as well. Oh, no, that is so scary though too. It really is. So the other day uh, me and you were actually talking about the responsibility, I guess, that each of us hold to communicate because there would be so many times where, for example, someone has uh, lost your trust, you feel like somebody has hurt you, and whether they were meaning to do it or not, 
if you're not willing to communicate that to them, but you'd rather sit in a very, it's a very dark place to sit that whole, how could they, how have they not noticed, why aren't they, you know, and I think um, you can't assume or you can't, yeah, you just can't assume what other people are thinking or feeling. And so I so strongly believe that um it's on you to communicate to somebody if your relationship is worth saving that hey what you said or the thing that you did it made me feel like this and then the ball is in their court yeah yeah I think so much value in not like loathing sitting around and wait waiting for someone you know you're responsible for the way that you feel and so the first thing you can do to take action is communicate. Absolutely. It's like if someone was to, like, cheat on you in your dreams. It's like they're yeah. not, I know this is a really, like, outlandish example because if they cheated on you, like, they would know. Yes. But, <laughs> like, if, like, they don't know because you haven't communicated to them the pain and the boundary that they had crossed. And I actually haven't told you this yet, but I had like something happen over the weekend and I had to practice this boundary. I had to practice communicating um, when I was feeling disrespected and I guess something happened and I was like thinking about it the whole night. I was like, gosh, like I don't know how I'm going to speak about this. Like this is something new. I don't really know how to speak without I don't know, hurting their feelings or, you know, not saying it in the right way, quote unquote, the right way. But I ended up just like saying to them, hey, look, I just felt disrespected. Like I took the onus on me. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. in the background, say hey. <laughs> um, I took the onus on me. I was like, I felt disrespected because I tend to, you know, well, you know, I expected this and that's not how it was played out. Are we able to discuss this further? And the little child in me that was like a little bit scared and didn't really find that conversation comfy, the evidence that I was capable of standing up for myself and, you know, putting into practice the tools that I learned in therapy, like actually gave that inner child that was so scared, like a little hug and was like, it's actually okay they didn't react in the way that you thought that they would. They still really enjoy your company. Like it is okay. That's so good. And it also comes back to the idea that like you're robbing this person of their chance to tell their side of the story for them to react. And if you're just, you know, like keeping everything to yourself, keeping your walls up, loathing in your own little um room you're gonna eventually end up resenting if there's like such an absence of communication you're gonna end up resenting this person and they could be just walking around having no idea that you feel like this and I that is so unfair on them obviously this depends on the context if you if it's anything to do with cheating definitely like talk about it um in this conversation yeah. This is very general, but yeah. I think that standing up for yourself as well is so important. Yeah. Being able to say, hey, you made me feel like that. That's not okay. 
um, why did, can you tell me why you did this or is there something you're a bit negligent to? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially like you said, if it's a relationship worth saving, it's worth being scared and expressing how you feel. And even on the opposite, if somebody that you love comes, because it hurts so bad, man, when someone comes to you that you love and says, hey, you hurt me, that it feels so sad, you know. Um, and so I think if someone comes to you and is vulnerable, that is such a compliment to the relationship that you have with them because they feel safe enough to say something. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. I also want to add to that, I think there's a little bit of a nuance in there as well. If someone is using that vulnerability mm, as, I guess, a tactic, this is like my negative brain coming out. If if they're using it as a tactic to constantly make you feel guilty and yeah. you know, you're not projecting your own insecurities of I'm not a good enough partner or I'm not a good enough friend on it and that's where the guilt's coming from. If they're actually projecting, you know, a fair bit of guilt and shame onto you through that vulnerability um, consistently, then also you need to respond back, you know, like it goes both ways. Um, and then use your therapist, use your tools to help with that as well. Because we get sidetracked. Geez, we really get sidetracked. <laughs> I think that's a good thing, though, because I think it just shows, like, these type of conversations can just be slid into normal kinds of conversations with the right people. Like, it doesn't have to be such a formal, let's sit down, I'll ask you 10 questions, you ask me 10 questions, you know. it. Um, therapy should not, like, therapy and the conversations around therapy need to be normalised because, it's scary to go to, but if you have friends who have also been or who have experience with it, it's good to have that conversation open because it can make it feel a lot less scary. Do you have any reasons why somebody shouldn't go to therapy? Why someone shouldn't? If you're not open to it. Yeah, that's um, what I was going to I know I want to put like a big asterisk on there. If you are in a situation where, you know, there's harm that could be towards yourself, whether that is from yourself or from another person, your environment, then yes, regardless of whether you are open to it, engaging in it is very beneficial. But for most people who are suffering from, you know, general anxiety, general depression, stresses in life or other events, I think engaging in therapy it takes energy I'm not gonna lie we're not gonna lie about that it does take energy I think it is really beneficial I think the pros outweigh the cons but if you're not willing to show up and to be open and to get vulnerable take those facades away then I think save it for a time when you're willing to or you know save it for a time or gain the support around you so that you feel encouraged and supported to go throughout that journey because it's not going to be a one week on never again that's not really how therapy works what about you that's a really um I think as well adding on to that like if you know you're not going to commit to it um and you are going to keep your walls up I think it's so important as well to sort of have some level of emotional awareness mm. because you got to be honest 
you know, a part of being being able to be vulnerable is to be honest and that sort of comes back to that idea of like it going to therapy is pretty much you just admitting to yourself that you're not perfect. And I think somebody who maybe lacks that emotional um might struggle. Yeah. In doing so. Do you think someone could like register if they're listening to this right now? They're like, I'm not sure if I have enough emotional awareness to do this. Like, I guess, do you have any like brainstorm? Let's, let's brainstorm. How could they determine whether they have enough emotional awareness? I would say just go do one session mm-hmm. and sort of because I, I think you get the most feedback from a psychologist by a lot by their body language and as well as obviously their responses so I remember going for my first like session and I sort of in doing so you sort of just lay out how you view the world how you view the people around you, the lens that you look through, essentially. And I think I lacked a lot of emotional awareness when I went into my first session. Um, Despite being really deep in an ED, like I just, I almost couldn't, I didn't recognise that it was an ED, you know, like I justified my behaviour in different ways and justified how I was feeling. So the first time that I went to psych, I was... Up until that point, I had spent about a year and a half in an eating disorder that I completely denied and justified all of my behaviour for not being an eating disorder, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that is an extreme version of a lack of emotional awareness, I think. And when I went into uh, my first psych session, it just felt like an absolute like honesty explosion in a way. Like it just felt like someone who had no idea who I was. I laid out I laid out my life story in 60 minutes and she just looked at me and said, point A, point B. Like it sounds like you're going through this. It sounds like yeah. and I think um because obviously when you're paying someone so much money, you're in I naturally invested a lot of trust in this person that I was paying that I didn't have any trust issues with going to therapy and so naturally I just took on board what she said and I think uh emotional awareness is being honest with yourself and yeah I think sorry I don't really know where I'm going with this honestly no 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 there was just like a brainstorm I think emotional awareness to me is to at least acknowledge how you're feeling even yeah. to yourself, um, if you are able to recognise an emotion within yourself and at least somewhat see where it's coming from, I think that is enough to, in, like, I think anyone with the capacity to recognise emotion within themselves and, you know, call it out by name, I think whether that's happy, sad, joy, you know, um, whatever it is, um absolutely I think engaging in therapy I think that first session is probably one of the hardest and can be quite daunting and for some people at least for me I felt like it was a make or break um if we clicked I'd go again if we didn't there's no way in hell I'd show up there again and like you said I feel like I entrust a lot of yeah trust within this professional that you know they're going to guide me and that it's going to be an awesome session that I'm going to come to 
great conclusions within maybe that session, maybe within the next few weeks. Um, I think it is also important to remember that they are just humans and sometimes we do not click in the ways that we expect um, and that is okay. You just need to find a different therapist. You just keep on going on those dating apps, but not dating apps, just different therapies. <laughs> like just I was, was going to say, yeah, I know fast to end on would be how much of an empath like um I know you're definitely more of an empath and like (laughs) going to therapy as an empath you become uh emotionally involved with your therapist in that like you're concerned with their well-being even though you're very with your side okay let's do like a role play this is how an empath enters psych uh, you are the psychologist and I'm the client. Yes. Walking into. Hey, the- Jess, how's it going? Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. How are you? Well, I'm really good. Thanks. Uh, take a seat. So tell me a bit about yourself. Well, it's good to see you're doing so well. Um, I am just here. I guess I just want to like talk and I got referred here by blah, blah, blah. Um, but I just want to know like a little bit about you, I guess. Like, <laughs> So pretty much we're just summarising the fact that Jess <laughs> would ask her therapist, oh, well, like really early in the morning, did you get enough sleep last night? Like, and Jess's therapist had to be like, um, Let's bring it back to you. It was actually yeah. so interesting. I was listening to a podcast the other day on my little walk. It was absolutely divine. It started raining halfway through my walk, but besides the point, it was I was listening to this episode and it was like quite often when we are a little bit I guess, estranged and not comfortable with our own problems or what's going on in our own life, our own emotions, we can deflect and involve ourselves and saturate ourselves in our other friends' issues. So maybe you're the mum friend or the therapist friend. And quite often what this means is that this person is so willing to hold space for other people because it distracts them from their own issues going on. And it can feel like a really one-sided relationship because you're holding space all the time. You're giving so much energy towards this person and they're just kind of loading on. Um, that's just kind of the subconscious contract you guys have both signed. Nothing necessarily wrong with it. It just needs to go both ways sometimes. Um, and I feel like if you are that friend, it's really important that you also go talk to someone, whether that is, you know, your friend or you have that communication. You say, hey, I feel like this is a one-sided friendship at this stage. I really want to talk about my own issues and be honest with yourself or go see a professional. I think as much as we talked about the pros and the cons and the scaries and weird parts about therapy and also a little bit of the laughs, I think it is um, also really important to just give it a go um like like my experience finding someone on Facebook marketplace they're qualified by the way they're not just a random person (laughs) marketplace yeah right I'm just going to talk to a random stranger no um it's like giving it a go giving it a go you know you never know who you might come across who you might click with um what kind of therapies might actually benefit you um you never know. 
And I think if you're thinking about it, there's probably a good reason. So just go get your mental health referral. Your doctor, your GP will normally refer you to a well-known psych in the area or or, um, whatever it is. If not, you can do your own research. There's so many psychologists that specialize in either trauma, anxiety. um, Yeah, just there's so many different kinds of psych. So finding one, whether you want a female or a male, it's completely up to you. But if you're thinking about it, just do it. I completely agree with that statement. Um, Sorry. Even if you aren't thinking about it, but this episode has, I guess, spiked your interest, um, ask a friend if you know they've been to therapy. Just get some, just have a conversation about it. Um, Ask about their experience. Um, Not only will you learn a little bit more about therapy, but you'll also connect with that friend on something they may not have talked about with someone else previously. Um, Keep this conversation flowing. Let's do it. Anything that's for your mental health, you just, you got to keep trying. really do. It's worth it. Your mental health is priority. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. Again. We, me again. Oh, we love having you on the podcast. Everyone just frosts the episodes. And um, any final words? Um, I love, um, I'll compliment you, for example. Oh. So we <laughs> always have the most sporadic podcast episodes. Like we do not plan <laughs> anything, but it's because this is how our conversations are every day because mm-hmm. um, we obviously see each other every day and I think that's a really good reflection on our friendship. Yeah. Um, but as well as you, you're an awesome podcast host. You always make me feel so welcome. So thank you. No worries. I love having you on the podcast. I think our episodes are just like, I feel like it's just listening in on a friendship conversation. And for anyone who's like energetically drained or feel like they can't speak, but they just want to be involved in a really good combo, this is the type of episodes that they can just chuck on in the car, chuck on when they're going on their walks. And it just feels like a warm hug. And that is exactly what I want this whole podcast to be. Just a little bit of support, a little bit of a whisper in your ear to tell you that you're strong, you're awesome, you're amazing. And Lauren, you're strong, you're awesome, you're amazing. And we love having you on the podcast. Thank you so much. And I'll see you tomorrow at work. (laughs) Bye.